0: This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk
1: Radio Season 5, Episode 32. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 32 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funy-Hetton and Randy Sickenfoos, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziganfoos,
2: And I'm Lynn Feeney-Hatton. Good morning, Randy. Hello, Lynn. Hello. So today we're speaking with Saro Mohammed, a partner at the Learning Accelerator. There, she leads measurement work to increase the field's understanding of effective and equitable K-12 personalized and mastery-based teaching and learning practices. As a quantitative researcher, SARO has spent over a decade conducting and advising on studies and external evaluations of education programs implemented in public, private, and nonprofit settings to ensure that research improves student learning experiences. So, today, our conversation with SARO will focus on. Ignite Ed Research, Connecting Learning Science to Instructional Practice, a new 12-part series uh, from the Learning Accelerator. And the series aims to answer questions and increase the ability of educators to effectively integrate learning science into their practice.
1: And we've had a number of folks from the Learning Accelerator on the podcast, so we're excited to welcome Sorrow.
3: Thanks. Great to be here.
1: All right, so let's start off the conversation with a personal story about how you got connected to the Ignite Ed educational research work that you've been doing.
3: So I've always been fascinated by the brain. Um, My undergraduate training is actually in cognitive neuroscience. Uh, So I started my studies off in learning about how people learn and how people remember things. And alongside that, I've also been really interested in improving lives based on this. So the arc of my career has moved more progressively from theoretical academic work into much more practical applied work. Um, the last place that I worked before the Learning Accelerator was a traditional academic institution. And it was a little frustrating to me that all those folks who generate and have access to the evidence base, um, they kind of hoarded that knowledge. And so students didn't, and students still aren't really benefiting from it. So. My fo- my work is really focused on connecting researchers and educators, not just to get them to talk to each other and communicate, but to really meaningfully connect um, so that they can see each other really in each other's work and see the relevance and value of their work to the other sector.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important and definitely fills a, fills a gap because certainly I think in, as practitioners, we oftentimes see that sort of dichotomy between you're either a researcher or you're a practitioner and how do we um, start to bridge these worlds. And, it, and it's your work here uh, on the, the blog series and the videos starting to bridge that and help us as practitioners understand the role of the researcher and, and how that might impact our work.
3: I was going to say the goal of this series in particular is really one way that we hope to bridge that gap.
2: So let's dive right into the series and the article. Tell us about the series and how the posts are structured and what will readers see when they access those, those documents?
3: Each month, uh, we cover one topic and we use both a short video, we aim for three minutes or less, and an insight, which is basically on our website, kind of like a very detailed blog post. So the insight has links to the research and other resources. But the main, the overall aim of this series is to highlight the voice of educators who have learned about the evidence and actually applied it in their classroom. So we want other educators to see the real practical applications of the research. Each month, we pick one educator who has changed their instruction or who has seen changes in their students' learning because of the evidence that we're spotlighting that month.
1: I love the idea of highlighting that practitioner again so that that helps us as practitioners make that connection um, to something that could potentially impact what we do in the classroom. So what are some of the topics that you're doing? I know you're doing one each month and you know now it's March so you have a couple of topics out there. What, What are some of these topics that you've been sharing about?
3: So in January we released the myth of learning styles. Basically that there's no evidence to support the notion that teaching to a learning style leads to better or deeper learning. And then in February, we released not all feedback is created equal. So That one's about the importance of timely, but permanent or longer lasting feedback, as well as feedback from pairs and self-reflective feedback, and also how necessary it is to create a safe space in which to give and receive feedback. This month in March, we're about to release mixability groups talking about the benefits to all students when they're learning with their peers at different stages in developing an academic skill. And soon upcoming, we'll have a topic, uh, an installment, sorry, on retrieval practice. So thinking about getting information out of our students' brains, as opposed to putting information in to our students. And then in the future, we're going to also focus on things like the testing effects or the myth of extrinsic rewards. And the way that we pick these topics is, basically, they're all pretty well-established facts in the learning science research. So for every one of them, there's an evidence base that supports it. And I selected them by reviewing the research, you know, by going back through all of the training that I had as an undergraduate and graduate student, and also just talking to colleagues, polling them, um, really with an eye towards seeing that if my list of facts matched theirs, and also to make sure that the evidence base hadn't changed um, for any of the topics.
2: So can you pick any one of the topics and give our listeners some of the key ideas uh, for that topic that they might see if they go check out that short video in the Insight um, slash blog post?
3: Sure. So one of my favorites is the one we just worked on, Mixed Ability Groups, and that's going to be released soon. Um, really, the key points here are that all students, regardless of where they are in an academic skill, um, they have skills that they can bring to a learning task. And when you constantly and consistently group students, always with the same ability level, it can lead to some pretty damaging mindsets, both for the students who are advanced in the skill as well as for students who are less advanced. So you really want to ensure that students have opportunities to work with peers at different levels in order to improve all of their learning. Um, And you can group students with different non-academic skills like leadership. Um, the ability to complete tasks in a timely manner, the ability to stay on task. Some students have research skills or note-taking skills. There are a bunch of other competencies that you can use to put together a group that doesn't have all of them the same academic skills.
2: So sharing some really practical information, um, and I appreciate your idea about what does that look like? What other abilities are there to consider, whether it's leadership that you identified or work ethic, so looking at those different ideas in addition to actually ability related to content or the specific task at hand.
1: So we're early in the series, With what's in the remaining uh, series, what, what are some of the topics that you're looking forward to and that you might give us a little glimpse into?
3: Yeah. So as a researcher, I'm actually pre- pretty comfortable referring to the topics as facts um, because they are so evident, you know, they have a very well-established evidence base. So like I just said, um, the most recent ones that are coming up are the mixed ability groups and then retrieval practice. And then further on throughout the year, we are going to cover topics like mass relearning, or the importance of prior or background knowledge, the role of transfer in learning, a topic on developmental trajectories, the outsized effects that teachers have on learning outcomes, and then there are a few more beyond those.
2: Interesting. A nice um, diverse topic set.
1: So one of the things that I find interesting from our perspective as school leaders is even though we're not in the classroom, we certainly create learning opportunities for the adults. And we also facilitate intentional conversations around powerful learning experiences. So those school leaders out there that do that kind of work, this is a great series to access to build your own uh, knowledge base and maybe challenge some of those assumptions that you have going into this work too. So, so definitely valuable I'd see from from a leadership perspective as mm-hmm. well.
3: Definitely. So we think that you know everyone who is working with students, like you said, to create those learning opportunities can benefit from these. And we really aren't intending for any of these to be you know a PhD course <laughs> on each topic. But what we hope is that. Through the series, you get a sense for the fact that there is evidence that we have about how people learn um, and that can be applicable to your own students, um, as well as just ideas for where to go to look to find out more about the research, who you can talk to to understand better what the practical applications are. So that's what we're hoping is really to nudge you in the direction of wanting to learn more. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, we've added a new piece to our podcast episodes this season, our lightning response questions. And the purpose (laughs) of these questions is really to do exactly what you just shared um, that you're trying to do with your insight and blog posts and resources to give our listeners somewhere else to go or an additional resource to to pursue. So first question, who is one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about the learning sciences?
3: So Digital Promise Global has this tool called the Learner Reliability Navigator. And I know it's not a person, but it actually is a really nice um, collection of all of the learning science evidence, as well as the connections between different concepts um, that's all online. So I, I would say that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, but actually, your own community probably has a learning science expert or two within it. So it could be family members or parents from your schools. Um, or a researcher at a local nonprofit or a university or even a business. So the good news is there are actually a lot of us now who really understand the importance of being research accessible and applicable to those of you who are on the front line creating learning experiences for students.
2: And second question, if you were recommending one book to our listeners, what might that book be?
3: A very recent one that I'm completely intrigued by is called Understanding How We Learn. A visual guide. And so that's by Dr. Yana Weinstein and Dr. Megan Sumeraki. Um, I think it was just released late last year that uh, that would be the one.
1: I actually, I haven't read it, but I do have it. <laughs> it's in my stack of things to get to, but it does look fascinating.
3: It looks super engaging because it really is a, a visual guide.
2: All right. And last question, is there an online site or resource or a person um, from whom you learn regularly?
3: So there's so many. Um, I subscribe to tons of podcasts and read lots of like RSS feeds. But right now, the two that come to mind are Harvard Graduate School of Education's Usable Knowledge Forum. I guess it's like a blog forum. Um, and I also really like the Hedginger Report has a new newsletter called Proofpoint. And I've been reading that one quite a bit. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so we'll wrap up our conversation by asking you our final question, which is what's next for um, TLA and Sorrow? <laughs>
3: um, so like you said in the intro, a lot of my work is really focused on both generating the evidence base, but also facilitating this connection, right? So that more evidence-based practices get into classrooms. There's a few things that I'm doing, but one of the things that I'm really excited about is we just started working with our second cohort of measurement fellows. So in 2019, we have six fellows that are all conducting different types of research studies that focus on effective and equitable blended practices in K-12. So it runs the range from understanding what's working in an individual district or charter management organization, all the way through to figuring out like what are the unique competencies that are required by blended teaching and how do great blended teachers gain those skills? And can we actually replicate that learning through like a micro credential? Or you know, mini online courses. So it's you know, it, it runs the range from are the kids learning better all the way through to what does the adult learning have to look like.
2: Well, thank you so much for sharing all of those ideas, Sorrow, and we're looking forward to seeing the next facts that you post, um, the uh, myth breakers, in ignite ed research, and the remaining uh, pieces that you have. And for our listeners to learn more about Saro's work, you can check out the resources in the show notes. Um, She's added her Twitter and for Learning Acceler information, her online book recommendation, and uh, several other resources and experts in the field.
1: Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, how will you ignite your use of learning science educational research? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for Season 5, Episode 32. That's all for this episode. We'll be back soon with another conversation featuring another innovative thought leader. Thanks again, Saro.
2: Thanks, Saro. Bye-bye.